my name is Larry Ryan. I'm BJSS's CTO for the Americas. Speaking here with Greg Allen, who's the group CTO of the London Stock Exchange. Uh, Greg, thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. Uh, and you know, I think you have a really interesting resume. And so I hope you don't mind me, but could you, could you start there? I know you've been working with trading systems throughout your career. I uh, started in this business right out of university, actually. I uh, started working for a small tech company that was building technology for supporting electronic trading at the Toronto Stock Exchange. Um, and I, I started out in writing operating systems in doing firmware for application servers. We were doing everything by RS2. 32 async and we were using x25 packet switch so it was before the days of uh, ip and internet so it was pretty interesting we had to build everything ourselves but i got gradually more and more interested in the you know from the from the periphery of where the traders were back in towards the exchange and the trading engines so eventually you know i worked my way from that little company to exchanges and brokerages section of ibm and then from there and right down to the toronto stock exchange just as they became tmx group so that's where i really got into the the, the core of the trading engine technology the um, real-time data distribution. And that, that was the stuff that really interested me as an engineer. So I, I really have been involved in that ever since. Good. And, and you know, one, one of the things I know you had joined us a few weeks ago at the Barclays Rise BTSS sponsored webinar, Trading in the Public Cloud. Is it time yet? I mean, can would you mind give us a quick synopsis of your thought? Yeah. So, um, and for anybody who listened to that, the, the message was pretty clear. I think that we generally do think the time is, is coming or has come. Um, I mean, certainly from our part at uh, London Stock Exchange Group, we are aggressively adopting and migrating to the cloud. We have targeted at least 60% of our entire enterprise to go to the cloud. Initially, the initial wave, not the trading and the real-time uh, systems, but I have done enough uh, research to be satisfied that we can do real-time systems in the cloud. The technology isn't lacking. The thing that's, that's uh, going to be a challenge is, I think, the culture, the paradigm around trading in the cloud and how the, the, the key thing is getting your customers close to you in the cloud. As, as we know, with all the, um, the fairness rules, um, you know, with cable lengths and, and issues such as that, it becomes very difficult when you're not controlling the infrastructure yourself. But something that I, I started to hint at in that uh, in that last webinar was that um, I have this idea that I'd like to test out of how to how to solve those problems. And and I mean that is the issue. I mean it does really come back to fairness and how do you establish fairness? And um, you know typically in, in conventional environments there were a lot of things you you would do such as you'd even have to be concerned about how you connected people into the switch uh, and how you allocated resources on the switch to different people. You know there were things like that. I mean how are there specific things you've thought about that you have to be concerned about when you move trading to the cloud to keep it fair? Yeah, I mean I mean the main thing is you know you're, you're You've got you've got your co-location business, um, which is uh, you know a fairly important business, and it's quite important to your your biggest customers, your market makers, and and that sort that sort of thing. Um, you can't just leave that behind. I mean, some people have tried taking a kind of a legacy architecture of a, of a cluster of Unix or Linux servers, just move them kind of IaaS into the cloud, which can work. It's, it's not very elegant um, and it doesn't really address the problem with your customers. Your customers have to move with you. And as uh, you know, we exchanges know, we go to a lot of trouble of making the data center very accommodating for customers who want to be close to the trading engine. You have to do it in such a way that it's, um, it's interesting and very productive for them, but you also have to make sure you do it in a way that's fair to everybody. So anybody who wants to be in close to the trading engine has the equal opportunity to get in there. So that's an important thing. Now going into the cloud where you're no longer controlling the infrastructure, it's difficult. Certain cloud providers have made efforts to try to accommodate that by providing you know, guaranteed rack space and proximity hosting and that kind of thing. But I don't think that's really going to go far enough to solve the problems that we've 
solved in in our data centers. I mean, there are there, I mean, some of the cloud vendors like you can talk about. You know, uh, Oracle OCI provides Roxy today. Uh, Microsoft has, supports Azure. AWS has also been doing some work around building a low latency fabric that they've been building based upon their own designs and using a live fabric interface. Uh, do you think that will play a part in this? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are there are I think probably three technical challenges to uh, doing trading in the cloud. One of them is that low latency interconnect, which you need at the very least, you need it for your uh, synchronous replication between your primary and your secondary engines. You have to guarantee a, a TCO of, um, I'm sorry, uh, an R RTO and RPO of uh, zero. Basically, you want them both to be zero. Uh, and the only way to do that is with a really high speed synchronous link. That's one of the problems. Another problem has in the past been multicast because most exchange architectures use multicast for distribution. And the cloud providers only recently started getting into providing multicast. And then the, uh, the third one is, as I mentioned, it's that problem with cable length and um, location in the data center. You have to solve all those, all, all three of those, I think, in order to really have a viable solution. So um, some some of the uh, the uh, cloud providers, I think they they are hearing our demands, the requirements that we have for this. Um, probably also responding to the the HPC community out there, who also depend on low latency fabric, and they are bringing in things like Roxy and uh, and others. To me, the important thing there is having some kind of an RDMA um, implementation in order to really really build these these high performant clusters. I know one, one of the things you mentioned uh, when we talked a few weeks ago is this idea around uh, single memory space for trading. I, I thought it was uh, a really interesting comment you made. Can, can you go a little further into your thoughts around that? Yeah, so this is this is the key of the thing. Um, so at TMX, we originally had a, a mainframe trading engine. We went from that to a, you know, it was the normal progression, I think, that most exchanges went through, was uh, they went from there to a Linux cluster. And the, the Linux cluster... Um, I mean, it had it had certain limitations on on latency and throughput, and it was fairly expensive and incredibly complex to to operate and to own. We went through that uh, that to the next thing, which was um, the really ultra the ultra low latency kind of arms race, and where there there people were really going aggressively towards. Um, removing network ops and that kind of thing. We ended up with a solution that involved putting not only, basically we took each of the, what had been a server in a, in a cluster, in a distributed cluster, we took each of those and put it into a core on a single processor or a pair of processors. Um, so everywhere we had a, you had a, a server that was on a network talking to other servers, we reduced that down to a piece of code that was running on a core that was dedicated, just like a server was dedicated to that function. You had a core dedicated to the function, and it is talking to the other cores, performing other functions in a pipeline kind of an architecture, and they're intercommunicating through the L3 cache. And that's about as fast as you can get. We did that not only with the, with the trading engine cluster, but we did it with a gateway. So at TMX Group in Canada, the equities exchanges you'll see, or the equities markets run by TMX Group are running on this, this architecture where the gateway is just a core, a pair of cores actually, in the same memory space as the trading engine um, components. So that uh, has some incredible advantages, but it also has a, a little bit of a strange disadvantage that it kind of looks like it's not scalable. Well, it isn't actually the case. I mean, you can basically the the, uh, the the chip manufacturers like Intel are scaling these days by adding more cores, not by making them go faster. So you can scale by just adding cores to your to your resource pool, and that's how we handle that. But I mean, in the end, we didn't really have to scale the the 
gateway because when you do everything in memory and using an L3 cache and really engineering for low latency, you can get an incredible throughput just with a pair of cores. So we realized we could do everything we needed to do on a single pair of cores um, in the gateway. And then you're just talking through L3 cache to the trading engine. So everything is actually operating in a single memory space. Going from there, we started looking at what else could we throw in there. So for example, the uh, the pre-trade risk calculations. We we started working on some solutions for adding in some of the pre-trade risk and some of these some of these these more um, um, CPU intensive risk calculations that are involved somewhere in the life cycle. And we realized that you know with with the with the hardware vendors just basically giving you more and more cores, you, you didn't really need to have um, networked servers anymore. You could just think of everything as a networked cores inside a single piece of silicon and most importantly in a single, a single memory space. So obviously at some point you run out of, you run out of cores, but practically speaking, that's, it takes a long time to run out of cores. Admittedly, you do go to lower, lower uh, clock speeds, which slows things down, but because you're not losing speed on the networking, it, may, it more than makes up for it. But eventually you need to go to a different box, a different server. And that's um, specifically in the case of what we built at TMX Group was for the backup trading engine and, and gateway combination. You, you have to be replicating synchronously to a secondary box that's in a separate rack on a separate power grid. Everything has to be, has to be uh, fault tolerant. And for that, you need RDMA. But RDMA is a way of extending the memory space from one server to another server. So it looks to the primary server that is just writing into a memory range. And that memory range is reflected by the hardware to the memory space of another server so that essentially you're forming a, a memory fabric and it's all just one big memory space. You can take that to pretty uh, extreme um, scale. I mean, not, not huge, huge scale, but far bigger than you need to go for, for this kind of an exchange solution. So, I mean, you know, InfiniBand has been around for at least 20 years. Why do you think, you know, and I remember years ago when I was at HP, it was one of the things I was looking at, you know, trying to bring to market when I was looking at low latency trading. Why is it you think that people have not picked this up yet? I, I think because, um, I mean, first of all, we did look at InfiniBand, but I quickly realized InfiniBand was, had too many layers in it. Um, if you look at the Intel uh, chip architecture, they, they communicate between components using, um, uh, between peripherals at least, using PCI Express. Um, so what we, uh, what we uh, did was we used PCI Express because that's native on the, on the silicon, whereas InfiniBand is an implementation with you know, layer two, layer three networking layers added in. Um, it, it, it's on top of what's on the chip. So we went straight to PCI Express. We extended that with uh, cable adapters between servers and that is really from the from the processor chip point of view that's that's how you talk to other memory spaces is through pci express i think i think the reason why people didn't go this this route with infiniband is because of the mindset they they thought of infiniband as just a faster networking to go between servers the thing that we kind of realized very quickly was it's not about going faster and faster between servers in that sort of a traditional uh, cluster architecture. It's all about how you, how you think about where your, where your processing is happening. And if you put that all into a single memory space, which we had to do to get those ultra low latencies and, and uh, ultra low jitters, um, put it into a memory space and uh, a single memory space, and you don't have to worry about any of that networking stuff. The whole problem with multicast goes away, cable lengths goes away, um, fairness goes away. It's, it's, it really solves a lot of problems. Using an, you can use InfiniBand 
than to do that. But I don't think people were thinking that way. They, they, they just didn't change the paradigm. They just tried to make it faster with a faster networking. Yeah, I think meeting. that's right about that. I mean, today, if you look at processes today, I mean, you can get systems with uh, many cores and terabytes of memory. I mean, do you think that's enough to put a whole uh, trading engine in there? Uh, well, we've already done it. I mean, in, uh, uh, like I said, a TMX group, we put the, uh, we got it so efficient. I mean, we, we could certainly put the whole senior market um, which is comparable to the uh, London Stock Exchange senior market, by the way. We put that entire thing on a single server and then um, RDMA to a second server for backup. Um, not only that, but we had lots of cores left over. So it was it was possible to put um, the senior market, the junior venture market, and as well, um, we had two ATSs at the time. We could have put them all onto a single 2U or 3U server with a pair of Intel processors and still had enough cores to do it all. We didn't actually implement it that way because you know management was a little bit worried about too many putting too many eggs into one basket. But the thing about putting it all into in a single memory space, and by the way, it's all running in a single process as well. You just start one process. You don't have the operating system involved other than to boot that process and to be running kind of your your control plane. The data plane is running single process, all in memory, and it's all it's all on on uh, bare metal. The the fact that you've got it all in a single process, single memory space makes it incredibly simple. The guys in operations loved it when we rolled that out because there was hardly anything to look after. The likelihood of that failing is much reduced, especially when it, you look at the uh, types of failures that result from configuration errors and human errors when you're doing rolling out changes. So it ended up being an incredibly stable system. I don't think the actual the the application never never uh, failed the whole time. I was there. I don't believe, I still believe it does, hasn't failed there. They have had some problems that were probably to do more with data center and uh, networks or or the like, but to my knowledge, it hasn't failed. So, um, I mean, well, let's let's go back to your question. I'm probably deviating too much. No, 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 no. I think, I think it's fine. I think, I, I mean, the, the, what I was going to ask at this point is, I mean, how is that experience and how is your vision about how trading should be done? How's that affecting your plans going forward at the London Stock Exchange? Ah, right, right. Yeah. So how does it work? And you asked, you had asked uh, if it was possible to put everything in the engine into one server. Absolutely. We had multiple markets in one server, but that was only using a couple of, uh, I think they were 12 core, ser 12 core chips, 12 core processors. You can get, you can get uh, servers that go up to hundreds of cores now. And again, it's, they run at a lower clock speed, but that you get more than that back just by communicating through L3 cache. So it's certainly uh, possible. We did everything we need to do and more in a, in a, in 24 cores. We, I think we need like 20 cores in the end. If you go up to hundreds of cores, you can fit a lot in there. And even if you run out of space in hundreds of cores, you just extend that to one more server with, uh, with RDMA and you've doubled your scale. And I mean, like something like, uh, like RDMA can, can scale out, you know, with a couple of switches, you can scale out to a lot of servers. So I, I don't think there's ever going to be a problem with the number of cores that you have available and that you can thus put into a single memory space. So as far as what we're planning to do for trading, I mean, you know, this is, this is still more my wild, uh, my wild thinking at LSEG. But having said that, we are, uh, embracing um, moving trading to the cloud. I wouldn't say that we're actively pursuing it right now, but we have implemented at least one of our customers of the Millennium technology. We have implemented them fully in the cloud, the trading engine. That was a case of taking the, the Millennium technology architecture, cluster architecture, uh, reducing it down 
and um, implementing it in IaaS in the cloud. And that is how they are operating today. That's Atom Exchange. So we have also spent uh, some time in the last year and a half setting out uh, an, a set of architectural principles to re-engineer um, from scratch, basically, uh, a, new, a new set of technology that is basically built to run in the cloud. And I really focused it on this idea of the single memory space on bare metal kind of approach. But, but what about the traders? Do you see that the traders algorithms will go in the same memory space? I mean, because that's where you get fairness in. Right, you could take all the you could take all the the pre-trade risk, uh, all the matching, uh, market data distribution. You could centralize that. But what about the traders themselves? How do you see their algorithms? How are they going to, are they going to be in the same memory space? Will they be in a different memory space? Yeah, so yeah, that's a good point. And that's, that's the other part of the, uh, of, the, of the puzzle is you have to have maybe not the, your entire customers, um, what used to be in the cages or what's currently in the cages in the co-location. You might not have all of that running in the same memory space, but you have to have the trading agent that is actually firing the orders at the engine and doing basically like a short loop, short loop uh, decisions with the algorithms that they've installed there. And I think of it kind of the way on the old exchange where we had floors, you have a trader down on the floor who's taking signals from from broker up in the booth, right? He does he doesn't have the big picture, but he's the guy that's responding and and making trades and and getting transactions done, and taking his uh, signals from the guys upstairs. That's how I see this working, is that we would have a single memory space. We would provide, I, I kind of want to use the word container, but it's not container as, as we know containers today, but all the same, it's some kind of a, it's a framework that the, your customers, your exchange customers would be able to, to install their code and they can keep their code secret as long as they use uh, the APIs that we provide to interact with the rest of the, uh, with the, rest of the members and with the, uh, the central engine. They load that code in there and that code is capable of executing on their algorithm Algorithms. They can change their algorithms on the fly, and a lot of the other, um, all of the other, the you know, the back office, middle office, even some of the front office, the risk calculations, they could have that running um, on a, on a separate set of servers, maybe in the cloud, maybe even back on prem, and those would be communicating with with this trading agent that's in the single memory space. So you implement this single memory space that has, in in fact, the whole trading community running inside of it, and you eliminate all those problems. Now it sounds really far fetched. And the scale sounds incredible. And there's definitely some security uh, considerations that I haven't even started trying to uh, solve yet. But in a way, it's kind of, I find it an interesting picture because now that you've got everything in a single space, you can install this on a server. It doesn't really matter where it is, right? And you, that's, that's kind of how you solve that lo- loss of control of the infrastructure that you get when you move to the cloud. Is that basically you put, the, you put all of what used to be that infrastructure of a data center, you put it inside of a server in a single memory space, and you're in control again. Therefore, you can solve all the problems. To me, that's the way to do this. I, I mean, I think, I think it's, it's an interesting idea. I mean, you know, if, if you look at, I mean, today people are getting accustomed to using technology like Dockers and Kubernetes that further breaks down. And, and they're, you know, people are getting comfortable that that's kind of a secure environment that they can move things into. You know, in a way, in a way this isn't really such a new idea because there was a, a chap named uh, Chris Keith who uh, I think he was associated with SIAC years and years ago. He, he started a company called Exchange Labs. And I think one of the, the derivatives of Exchange Labs is still in operation today. But the idea behind Exchange Labs was basically to do this, was to get everybody working inside of a single, in his case, he was looking at a big, powerful, uh, like highly parallelized processing, um, like an MPP 
kind of a, of an architecture, but to get everybody working within a single server cluster and they would have these agents. It was the same thing. It wasn't the single memory space, but it was everybody working within a single system. This is really just an extension of that from a single network system into a single memory space of, of effectively network cores. Has, has, uh, has uh, anyone done this yet? No, I don't think so. Not to my knowledge. I mean, uh, as far as I know, the closest thing to it is what we did at TMX. I, I want to go to a different thing, market data, because mm-hmm. I know data is a big challenge you know in the public cloud I, I know you know uh, people typically use a uh, group multicast as a very efficient and fast way of pushing out. Do you see public cloud vendors being able to handle that? Well, good, that's a good question. I mean, uh, a lot, most most uh, approaches to trying to move trading into the cloud depend on having the cast there. And I think the cloud vendors, I mean, they've been talking about supporting multicasts. I, I think they are now in at least limited um, situations. Certainly, uh, the cloud vendors, when it comes to scale, being able to handle that, I mean, definitely technology capability. Yeah, I mean, as long as they're motivated and they see they see some kind of a of a revenue coming out of that, they will be able to handle it and they will handle it. But I think, I mean, this is one of the, this is one of these areas where you're you're you've, you've, you kind of handed over control of the infrastructure to the cloud vendor. You're expecting them to be able to step up and provide what you need, and that's that's where, I, as I was saying earlier, you. It's better to try and go around that problem than uh, get the cloud vendors to do everything you need them to do. Because that now you're at the mercy of their effectively their product roadmap, and I, I never really really like being at the mercy of somebody else's roadmap. I, I mean, you know, unfortunately, some of these things, you know, there's it, once you move into the public, basically relinquished control, and you know, distribution of market data is one of those key things which um, you've kind of relinquished control of. You are reliant on them being able to do that effectively. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not aware of any cloud today that provides an effective, you know, group multicast message broadcast. So I I mean, at least from my viewpoint, I think that's one of the the big roadblocks I can see in in moving, you know, uh, trading systems to the cloud. I think think from the performance standpoint, being able to, you know, get the the memory, the the CPU and everything you need to run, the the matching and everything, I think everything is there. I I don't Mm -hmm. There. At least when we've done measurements, we've seen very stable performance. There are ways you can deal with things like noisy neighbor so that uh, it doesn't affect, you know, uh, your trading. The, the other thing I wanted to ask about, uh, I, I know you did mention that, you know, the, the London Stock Exchange Group is actively, you know, moving to the public cloud. Are there any other areas that are in technology that you're investigating? Not so much in trading per se. I often say that the the technology arms race kind of ended there back a few years back. Um, you had a lot of uh, battle fatigue, I think, with with the customers. They kind of are of the mind now that what they're ultimately after is stability and uh, reduced cost. So when we talk to some of our, our some of our internal stakeholders about some of these ideas, these technology ideas, often they will say, you know, as long as you don't disrupt my customers, if they don't have to like go and invest more money and build more stuff and make more changes in order to do this, it's fine, right? But obviously, when you're doing a paradigm change like this, you do have to you do have to get into that. But um, you know, when it comes to when it comes to the whole trading lifecycle, of course, the other area that we've been spending a fair amount of time in is the whole the whole um, streamlining of of the uh, downstream, the post trade area, you know, the settlement custodian, that sort of thing. Um, we have been working on how to link that up and streamline it um, with or without blockchain. I mean, blockchain kind of plays in there, but doesn't have to. So we've been spending uh, a certain amount of uh, research investment um, looking into that and working 
on that with some members of the community and the regulators here in the UK. The FCA sandbox, it's, it's called. We've been in that for a few years now. That's the other area where we're really uh, looking at. And, and how, do you, how, do you, how do you think, what about you know, regulatory scrutiny around uh, the trade life cycle in the cloud? Is, how is this impacting the way you think about designing a system? You have to make them reliable. You have to make them fair. Uh, that's that's all the regulators really care about. Ultimately, you know, whether you're running in the cloud, you're paying somebody for managed managed ops. It's outsourcing, and I mean, luckily that you know the regulators have taken the right right path here. They're not going to dictate technology, but they're going to dictate principles and their business principles. So it's 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 fairness and reliability. So as as long as we prov- provide a system that's that's highly reliable and it's fair to everyone, and we can demonstrate that, and you know, do it for a reasonable cost, so there's not a high barrier to entry, the regulators haven't really shown that they care that much about where we're doing it. I think a lot of the paranoia about security in the cloud is is starting to die down finally, as people are starting to see that. In fact, you know, it, it is quite good. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's quite good. And, uh, you know, the amount of firepower for and the investment for cybersecurity that the CSPs can bring to bear is just far outstrips what we can do ourselves. So um, I think the regulators are starting to, to really appreciate that. And in fact, you know, the regulators are adopting cloud themselves quite a bit. You know, the FCA is, is heavily uh, um, implemented in the cloud. And I think Bank of England runs uh, a certain amount of services in the cloud as well. So. Well, FIN- FINRA does as well. FINRA has been on uh, the cloud for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all their data is in the cloud. And at least, you know, from our experience, we're seeing the same thing. I mean, we deal with a lot of banks, investment type banks, and, and they all have, you know, critical information uh, in the in the cloud. You, know, you have to have the right controls in place. Right? That's it. You know, the regulators have to be satisfied that you're that you're in control and that it's fair and it's dependable. And you know how you do it is up to you kind of thing. So I, I mean to, to kind of wrap up, is there is um, is there any is there anything in particular you want to talk about the London Stock Exchange is doing or Millennium Technologies is doing any interesting plans in that area? Well you know Millennium Technologies they're they're constantly developing uh, new technology and trying to improve and evolve their, their product. And ultimately they, they are going wherever their customers want them to go. So um, you have customers like Atom Exchange that wanted something that ran fully in the cloud and they stepped up to the task and they did it. Um, so they're going to continue to do that. And I think as we're going to see as um, time passes that more and more customers, especially the smaller um you know, smaller exchanges, uh, some of the more exotic instruments, they're, they're going to want to run in the cloud. And people are gradually going to let go of this idea that you have to have everything running in your data center. And it's going to start to look just the way electrical generation does now compared to 100 years ago, um, right? It used to be that you know, any, any, any sizable industry 100 years ago or 120 years ago, they had to run their own uh, generating plant. And the idea of depending on somebody else to do that was just too risky. Well, now anybody that does that is pretty crazy just about, except for some of the really big guys like, like uh, AWS or someone like that. Um, I, think, I think the cloud's going to go the same way and customers are going to ask more and more for cloud capability as they are now, but it's going to increase. And Millennium Technology is just going to continue to evolve their product line and, and their capabilities in that direction. So I think a lot of the whole, uh, how can I put, the whole innovation that are going on today a lot of it is really just because uh, of the cloud. And I think, I, I, you know, I, I absolutely agree. I think it's the same thing, uh, you know, about, you know, bringing trading to the cloud and your idea about 
the agent within a trading platform is an extension of the same idea. It is, yeah. Yeah. Let's try it. Mm-hmm.